Welcome to Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys. On this week's episode, I interview Gus Martin from the Star Press, Ball State Athletics reporter, as we preview the UK Ball State football matchup this Saturday at 12 o'clock from Kroger Field. Gus talks about the roster, key players to watch, key injuries for Ball State, how they match up against UK, and if he thinks that Ball State can pull off the upset at Kroger Field this Saturday and what it would take for them to do that. And then I want to thank him for coming on the podcast this week. Check him out. Go follow him at Gus Martin underscore SP on X. Stick around and enjoy the episode. We'll be right back with Gus Martin. At this time, I'd like to welcome in from the Star Press, Ball State Athletics reporter, Gus Martin. Welcome in, Gus. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, so, I'm going to preview the uh, Ball State-Kentucky matchup for this Saturday. Uh, ball's back in. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. I've been getting the the football itch over the last couple of weeks for college and NFL, so definitely ready to see some action over the weekends. Um, it was getting a little bit boring in the summer, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. Uh, talking season's about over with, and uh, with this weather here, uh, I know here in Kentucky it's feel, feeling like uh, football weather this week, so it's yeah, really we, getting me into it. Yeah, we've been getting a little bit cooler up here in Indiana, but I think it's supposed to heat back up um, in the next week or so, so um, might be a little bit tough for the guys, but um, you know, I'm sure once fall hits, it'll be kind of that perfect, uh, that perfect football weather. Yeah, hopefully uh, Saturday, maybe they'll we'll keep that falling around for for the game Saturday. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, so, uh, what are the expectations for Ball State after coming off a five and seven season last year and losing key pieces from both sides of the ball? I know their uh, quarterback transferred. Illinois mm-hmm. and the running back transfer to UCLA. Yeah, um, well, I think last year the team and a lot of fans feel that they kind of left a lot on the table. Um, they five and seven was not where they probably should have been. They probably could have won at least two more games, um, but they just lost a lot of uh, one possession games in the fourth quarter. Had a lot of issues with their quarterback and passing game overall. A lot of turnovers um, in the red zone, especially. So, yeah, they had a great running back who's now at UCLA, but I think the team overall is pretty optimistic this year. I mean, they brought back a lot of key uh, experienced veterans and added some um, pieces like the new quarterback, Lane Hatcher, who um, I think he's like top 10, top five in the country and just uh, counting stats in terms of passing yards and passing touchdowns. Um, very experienced guy. So um, I think they're, they're optimistic. Um, I think they probably – um, or maybe being projected a little bit lower than I think I would have them. Um, I think they could do damage, but it's really up to them and their execution. Um, so I think they should be solid at the very least. You mentioned uh, Lane Hatcher. Uh, he's a transfer from Texas State, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. He's played a few different places. Uh, he won the quarterback competition over – Is it was it a true freshman that he won it over? Yeah, true freshman Caden Samaza. The quarterback competition actually originally was between Hatcher and um, uh, redshirt sophomore Kyle Kelly, who's a bit of like a dual threat guy. 
um, very athletic. And then the true freshman really just kind of shined, you know, throughout training camp and kind of took over uh, that second QB position. And honestly, in, in my opinion, at the practices I went to, he was even better than uh, Lane Hatcher, um, I would say, overall. But I don't think they were going to ever start a true freshman against, you know, teams like Kentucky and Georgia to start the season. So, um, but Lane did improve throughout camp. Um, he started off kind of a little bit shaky, in my opinion, um, just didn't look quite comfortable pushing the ball down the field. But um, by the last practice I went to, he seemed a, a lot a lot better rapport with the new receivers. Yeah, uh, starting the season off at Kentucky and Georgia the first two weeks, it would be very difficult for a true freshman just to be <laughs> thrown in there. So I could see why they went with the uh, grad transfer there to, to start the season off. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that young guy is uh, definitely very talented, and, and he's kind of a gunslinger. I would not be surprised if he um, got some game action later in the year. Yeah, I was wondering, do you think uh, maybe they would have some packages for him uh, in this Kentucky game coming up? No, I, I would I would be really surprised if he played at all. Now, the third-string quarterback, they say um, they're going to kind of use him in like sort of a gadget role. Um you know, I don't know exactly what that entails. They've, they've kind of, you know, closed off uh, practices over the last week or so as to, you know, not give anything away, I guess, to the opponent. Um, but the, the third-string quarterback is, like, arguably the team's most athletic player. Um, so if he's out on the field, whether he's catching a pass or doing, like, some sort of trick play where he's throwing or even just a sweep or something, um, he can definitely do damage. So I think he will get on the field at least a couple times. Oh, uh, uh, Kelly. Yes. Uh, so, uh, talking about the, they lost three DBs to the NFL. Uh, what's the secondary looking like this year? Yeah. So, um, the one restart, returning starter they have is Jordan Riley, who's, um, you know, arguably the best safety in the MAC. Uh, he was the only player in the conference last year to have over 70 total tackles and 10 pass deflections. Um, he's, he's only a junior, so he's a, he's a really, a uh, good leader for his age, uh, very well smoke, spoken, very smart. Um, I think he's really kind of galvanized the the new unit, if you will. And he's actually the youngster of the group, surprisingly. Um, all the other guys are seniors or redshirt seniors. Um, a cornerback, Tyler Red Potts, is a guy who started a few games last year behind a player who um, is actually was actually drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, Nick Jones. And um, so he's he's kind of waited his his turn in this program for several years to kind of be a full-time starter. And I think he's very capable of, of filling that role successfully. Um, and then two other uh, guys, uh, the other starting quarterback is Damian Charity from Old Dominion. Um, never actually really started much there in his four seasons. And I think he even took a year off from football. Um, but he is a guy with great length and size. And I think, you know, I was personally kind of surprised that he actually won out the starting corner job. Um, but I think the team really kind of likes his physical attributes and competitiveness. And I think maybe he's kind of found a, a home where he can kind of thrive here at Ball State. And then the other safety um, alongside Jordan Riley is uh, Strickland, who started his career at University of Indianapolis before coming to the program last year and, and being a backup. And I think him kind of sitting last year and learning what the, the coaches want from him, I think, will make his transition to a starter a little bit easier. So definitely a lot of experience, um, the veterans, uh, despite being a new group. But I think just chemistry-wise is where they'll need to grow. Um, showed some good stuff throughout camp. But, you know, I could I could see them having some some miscues here and there early in the season, maybe a couple of breakdowns as they kind of get familiar with each other. Yeah, and Kentucky's got a pretty good receiving core, too. Um, 
he's yeah. gonna go against them. So it'd be a tough matchup for him in the first week of the season. Yeah, definitely. That was something I identified yesterday when I was kind of doing like a little uh, breakdown of the matchup. Um, you know, Kentucky's offense certainly seems poised to have a good year, bringing back their offensive coordinator, bringing in a new uh, quarterback who had success, and then, like you said, very good playmakers outside. So I think, um, yeah, that'll definitely be a tough test for this new look Ball State uh, secondary. But um, at the same time, I think for them individually as they get later in the season, um, I think it can only help them. Uh, so uh, who are some notable players to watch out for for Ball State mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball? For sure. So offensively, um, I think they're they have two starting running backs, um, but the guy who will probably get the most run is um, Kent State transfer Marquez Cooper um, right behind Carson Steele last year for Ball State. I mean, as a, at Kent State, he was a second leading rusher in the MAC. Um, he's a small guy, but very uh, quick, good burst of speed, stocky, strong, competitive, confident, can, can catch the ball. Um, I think he's a guy who's really exciting and will kind of slot right into Phil. Um, you know, Carson Steele's place here at Ball State as a runner, and uh, their offensive line's pretty good, so he should have running lanes. Um, and then his, you know, his co-starter, Vaughn Pemberton, I think is someone who's probably going to sneak up on a lot of people this year. He's a, he's a bigger back, but he's really, really good at uh, running routes and pass catching. He, you might even see him lining up, you know, in the slot as a receiver. So they're, they're kind of a little bit of a dual threat out of the backfield there that I think is going to be the strength of the offense. Um, defensively, um, the linebacking trio of uh, Clayton Cole, Clayton Call, Cole Pierce, and Sidney Houston is probably the defensive strength. Um, they were all all conference players last year. Clayton Call is a really big, um, great leader. I think he's the team's overall leader, NFL prospect. Um, I think they could uh, they're they're the kind of the glue that holds everything together on that side of the ball. Um, so if if the defense is going to be successful, it's going to be through them. Um, I would say those are probably the surefire best players on the team. Um, defensive line could surprise people this year. I think they're deeper, um, but not anyone individually who's a superstar um, there. And then, of course, they got to talk about the tight ends. Um, Ball State's two tight ends are uh, two of the best in the country, honestly. Pretty nationally uh, recognized. Brady Hunt um, is on the Mackey Award watch list. Um or uh, maybe that's not the name of the list. I can't remember <laughs> specifically. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he's really talented local product. Um, had a great first year last year. And then um, his backup even caught seven touchdowns. And Tanner Cozio, who's more of a receiver-converted tight end, he's really tall and lanky and lean. Um, Brady Hunt is kind of questionable to play with an ankle injury. Um, not sure they would really push him too hard against an SEC opponent when they need him for those conference games. But if they both play, they're, they're are one of the best tight end duos um, anyone can face. That was actually going to be my next question was uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, Brady Hunt. He seemed like a, a stud tight end uh, as just a freshman last year, now a sophomore. Uh, so he's questionable to play this Saturday still. Yeah, I mean, Ball State's been pretty tight-lipped about any injuries. Um, as in, like I said, they have close practices now, so I can't really actually go see if he's practicing. Um, I know he was in a, a walking boot um, late last week. I think he probably – because he, he missed last Wednesday's practice and uh, wasn't in a boot, and then I think he must have aggravated it um, out of last Friday's practice and he was in a boot. And then I think he was in and out of one early this week, didn't practice on Tuesday. I'm not sure if he practiced yesterday. Um, if I had to guess, 
I would say they're probably just waiting to test him today um, on Thursday to see where he's at. And then if he doesn't feel 100%, I'm sure they would just not risk it because we all know those ankle injuries can be really nagging. Um, so probably best to just play it safe with him, like I said, for, for when the games matter a little bit more in conference play. But he, he, if he's healthy, he's a really, really talented guy, um, very athletic, has great size. Um, I think he's someone who's definitely a, maybe the number one NFL prospect on, on the Ball State's roster. Yeah, I would uh, I would like to see him play, but uh, if not, I'll just wait until some action hits in November and catch him yeah, on those Tuesday night games maybe. Absolutely. Uh, so, Ball State's head coach, Mike New. Yes. Uh, he Is he on the hot seat this year? Um, it's a little bit hard for me to say just as someone who didn't cover the team more than two games last year. I was like a fill-in reporter. Um, obviously, I know what he's done in his previous seven seasons here. Um, 2020 being a seven one seven to one season where they were MAC champions for the first time since '96, I believe. Um, so I mean, he has had some recent success. Um, of course, you know, I think like I said, last year was a subpar year for the program. Um, talent wise, they could have done better, but um, it's hard for me to say. Like, if I didn't cover them on a week to week basis, like how much of it is on him and how much of it is just on players not executing. I think from a fan perspective, just from what I'm reading and what I've been told since I've got this job, um, some fans definitely feel he is on a bit of a hot seat, um, especially because if he has another year where, you know, they underperform to what their talent is, um, maybe that would be a reason to to look at some maybe a new option. But um, I'm not I'm not so sure yet. I mean, they, they're not picked to finish highly this year, um, despite what I might think they might be slightly underrated. But. Um, so, you know, if they go, you know, four and eight or five and seven again, like, were they really projected to do better than that? Who, who's to say? I, I'm not sure that would be a, a cause for, um, you know, to move on quite yet. And he's a very nice guy, very well respected um, around Ball State Athletics. He's a former, um, you know, player in the 90s. And then he, he's coached in the AFL and then in the NFL before taking over the Ball State program in 2016. So um, I would say maybe a little bit. But um, it just kind of depends on exactly how this year shakes out. Um, you know, if they do terribly, then yeah. If they do around 500 ball again, I think that he would probably get at least another year. Okay. Yeah, I, I just noticed that, like, every year he had a losing record except for that 2020, and I didn't know. And I knew he was a former alum, so maybe that gives him a little bit longer leash. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with the expectations, mm-hmm. if he stays there, then maybe he's not, you know, on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. And Ball State did also hire a new athletic director um, this past spring. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that might play into it, you know, depending on if he feels he needs to kind of revamp the program in any way. Um, but I also, he's also a very nice guy. Um, and I think they seem to have a good relationship so far. So um, I'm not quite sure how that would play into it, but that is just also something to note. Yeah. So they're predicted to finish fifth in the, in the Mac West, you had stated that you think that they may be a little underrated in that. Mm-hmm. Where do you see them falling in the Mac? Um, yeah, the, the cool thing about the Mac that I think makes it a, a very interesting conference is that, you know, pretty much every team except for maybe like Toledo, which is like everyone's favorite in this conference, um, can, you know, do well or do poorly. 
Like, uh, it, it can really go any way, any week, which I think makes it exciting. Um, I can see them, you know, you know like, so if they're projected to finish fifth, I think it was in the coaches' poll. I can I can see them, you know, going up all the way to um, third, um, maybe even second if they, you know, have some crazy wins. Um, I don't think that's that's a that's a, an obscene projection. But then again, at the same time, like I, I think they could very easily fall into fifth if they continue some of those issues from last year where their red zone execution was poor. Um, they were turning it over on their own side of the field. Um, their offense was very vanilla. I know that's something that fans have issue with, and that could be attributed to the coaching where they just don't see any creativity in the play calling. I'll have to see for myself. But uh, I think those could be reasons that they could fall to fifth. But like I said, if, if their transfer quarterback is good and, and their running game is good, and I think their defense is definitely going to be pretty solid. I, you know, I don't see why they couldn't also you know, be any of the teams that are projected in front of them. So there's a couple of Lexington, Kentucky kids on the roster uh, making their way back to Lexington this weekend. Any chance that they see the field in their hometown? Yeah. So, uh, so I think one of them is, is Horton, right? Uh, running back, yeah. TJ Horton. Horton, yep. Uh, who else is on there? I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a, the left guard, Tristan Cook. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's a linebacker as well. Uh, can't remember the name. He uh, went to Frederick Douglass along with Horton. Nice. Um, well, I think Horton is someone who actually has really impressed me throughout camp. Caden Johnson, sorry. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't think, you know, barring injury, I don't think an offensive lineman will rotate in. Uh, I know that guy did not uh, win the starting job, I believe. But um, Horton is someone I really liked in camp, definitely had some flashes. Um, and he did get on the starting depth chart, which didn't list every single player, obviously, but he was the fourth running back. Um, I could see him rotating in a couple times, you know, despite him being a freshman. Um, I think he's got some good pass catching skills and um, is kind of in the mold of their number three running back, um, Barfield, who did kind of have a minor injury throughout camp. So, you know, maybe if they don't want to push him too hard, Horton could see a couple snaps. Um, but yeah, you know, good for those guys coming back to Kentucky. Um, I'm sure that's just a cool kind of, moment for them to play um you know at that level i'm sure they'll have some family and friends in the stands and uh you know hopefully you know even just you know suiting up and being on the sidelines will be a good experience for them absolutely uh kentucky's a 26 and a half point favorite you think ball state will cover that Oof. yeah so this is this is i was thinking about this all week because you know they they went to tennessee to start their season last year and obviously tennessee was really good but it, they lost by they lost fifty nine to ten, uh, yeah. so that was pretty absurd. Um, I, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't think Kentucky is on that level. Um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but um, twenty six and a half feels right. But I could totally see it. Um, Ball State really struggling against the defense to score. I, I I just I'm the offense looks very hit or miss throughout camp in my opinion, and it, like I said, they get better towards the end. Um, but I'm just not sure they match up well um, with Kentucky that has been a good defensive program. Um, you know, despite their, their new guys in the secondary, I just, I'm just not confident at this point that ball state can really do anything offensively against them. So um, I think they will not cover if I was a, if I was, a, if I was allowed to bet on that game, um, but you never know. Anything can happen. It's football, crazy special teams, play turnovers, um, and I think Ball State can run, so um, we'll see. But, no, I, I don't think they will cover. 
And I hate to agree with you on anything saying Tennessee's better than Kentucky at, but <laughs> Tennessee's team last year was was a pretty good team. Uh, Kentucky always starts out really slow to begin the season. Like, for some reason, like their first couple of games, like UT Chattanooga or somebody like that will hang in with Kentucky for three quarters and Kentucky will pull away at the end. Or in Eastern Kentucky, you know, we'll take Kentucky down to the wire. So I can see Ball State hanging in for a little while. Mm-hmm. But if but I could see Kentucky covering like a low score, and like you said, their offense, Ball State's offense, isn't you know the best right now. Mm-hmm. I could see them getting maybe three, you know, with Kentucky's defense being so good, being like a thirty-one to three and Kentucky covering that way. But I don't see it being a a huge beatdown just based off of history of Mark Stoops and how the season starts out for Kentucky football. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not sure what the over under on total points is, but I might think the under would hit <laughs> yeah i would i would probably go under on this game for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> uh so how could ball state pull off an upset if they were to pull off one um you know i think first and foremost they would have to establish the run early and then not get behind so much early where they had to stop running the ball um i really think that is something that they can do from day one this season um, like I said, with those two good running backs and a pretty veteran offensive line um, and those tight ends. So I think, you know, if they could get in some sort of rhythm and they don't fall behind super early where they're forced to throw the ball with, you know, and they have all these new receivers that um, none of the starting receivers have ever caught a pass at Ball State. And uh, I think of the three starters, only one of them has any D1 production, and that's pretty much nine catches over two years. So. I we have no idea really what to expect of them um, just from outside what I've seen at practice. Um, so I, I just don't think if they get into that kind of pass happy game plan, it's just, I don't think it's going to bode well. Um, you know, obviously if they want to keep it close, any defensive turnovers they can produce would be a very helpful. Of course, um, Ball State was not the best at that last year, but I think the they're they're trying to to be more of those like big play guys this year i mean they can say that all they want of course you have to see it in action but i think that is a conscious thing um they should have a better pass rush like i said with a deeper defensive line so maybe they could get a strip sack or something like that or you know put them in good better you know position to field a punt or something um i think their kicker is pretty decent so those would be the ways i would think um they could kind of keep it close but I don't. I personally just would be shocked if they were able to go into the fourth quarter and have it be like a, a one position game or like a ten point game or something like that. They uh, the season for Ball State starting out. You start out Kentucky, then you start out Georgia. Mm-hmm. Who made that schedule? I mean, <laughs> it's a rough couple of games to start your season off with. Yeah, I, I guess I think this was announced maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago, whenever, whenever they, they figured out they're going to be playing at Georgia. But uh, uh, I mean, cool experience, um, you know, for yeah. the players. I, I had got a quote yes uh, the other day about, from the linebacker about how he felt like, you know, a little bit of a, like a little kid going into these SEC games, like, you know, growing up watching the best conference in college football. And now he gets to go, you know, experience the atmosphere a little bit. Um, so I think that is neat. And of course, you know, they'll get good money for a program for playing these huge schools. But, yeah, um, you know, certainly it's going to be a rough uh, go to start the year. Hopefully no one gets hurt too bad or the confidence isn't shaken. I mean, we all know what Georgia can do. And 
I don't know what the spread on that game is going to be, but <laughs> probably more than 26 and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be crazy. Um, I wish I was going. Uh, unfortunately, I can't I can't attend. But uh, uh, yeah, definitely a, a tough start for Ball State. Yeah, but like you said, it's it'd be a good experience. The kids will probably love going and playing at Georgia, playing two SEC teams back to back like that. And just like you said, as long as they stay healthy, that's the main part. Stay healthy, get ready for that conference. If you get past those first two weeks, it's yeah. all good after that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Kentucky's scheduled to play at Ball State in 2027. Any chance that Kentucky actually travels to Muncie? <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, you know, hopefully Ball State Stadium gets a couple upgrades. Um, by then, I know they've had some problems with attendance the last few years. You know, they, like as we haven't said, they haven't been a, the best program. And the one year they were great was, you know, COVID. So, um, you know, hopefully by 2027, Ball State's football program has got a little more buzz around it if, if they do bring in a team like Kentucky. Yeah, I know uh, Kentucky had a couple of games like that. They were scheduled to go to uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, they end up buying that game out. But they were scheduled to go to Southern Miss, and they actually went to Southern Miss a few years back. So I, I guess that's up in the air. I don't know. Maybe if Ball State, you know, has a few good years, like you said, and fans start coming out, maybe they'll honor that game. Maybe yeah. they'll buy it out. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see. That's a, that's a long ways away. I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> 2027. That's four years away. Yeah, that's that's a little while. But, uh, man, uh. Do you have anything else you'd like to discuss here? Um, the one thing I was just kind of curious about is um, what you think of uh, – like we already talked about kind of what Kentucky's passing game may look like. Well, what do you think about their, their new running back? And I know they were the worst running team in the, the conference, I think, last year, or one of the worst, um, and they didn't score a lot of points. Um, do you think that's the area of their game that can really kind of also give Ball State some trouble? I think it can now. Uh, we have transfer running back Ray Davis from Vanderbilt. And when Vanderbilt came into Lexington last year, they ran all over Kentucky. He was – after that game, Mark Stoops was like, all right, we need to get this guy, you know, into our program. But I think that the, it's improved this year with him. Uh, then they've got uh, Ramon Jefferson. He tore his ACL the very first game last year. He was a transfer in as well and then they have uh, a passing back there's they're little running backs they're short like five nine five ten running backs mm-hmm. so they could you know but i think they're going to throw the ball more than than we're going to see the run but ray davis would be a running back to look out for this weekend okay yeah i, I was because i was looking that up i was like oh you know that should be at least on paper a good boost and i think people are saying the offensive line should be a little bit better um, or at least they tried to address that. Um, so I think yeah. it would also be something that goes well for Kentucky. So it sounds like, you know, they could be poised for a good year overall. Yeah, the, the offensive line was a big issue last year, but they went out and they got the left tackle from Northern Illinois, who Kentucky played last year as well. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, you might want to tell uh, Brady Hunt to watch out because uh, that tight end room, you know, next year, you know, blue and white might not look bad on him. But uh, and then they they got a uh, transfer from Alabama, but he's actually backing up 
uh, one of our guards. And then we got a transfer from USC. So that offensive line has been revamped. Okay. And hopefully hopefully the results will show on the field. And uh, with Ray Davis coming in from Vanderbilt, you would think, you know, Vanderbilt. I mean, it, it's Vanderbilt. But this this little dude can play. I mean, he's like I said, he he ate our defense's lunch last year, and uh, I'm excited to see him out there in the blue and white this weekend. For sure, yeah. So it sounds like Kentucky likes to poach some of these Mac schools a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, like I said, uh, they they got. I mean, and you know, it's some of the best players on the team. You know that they're going after. So. Uh, like I said, just kind of watch out for the – they play Akron too. So, if there's any key players on Akron coming up, you know, it's Mike's school. <laughs> Kentucky may be after him next year as well. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame them. You know, I'm sure there's talent everywhere. So, I, I think that was smart of them. But, but yeah, that's that was all I got. Um, should be a, a cool opening weekend. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it's competitive or not. I'm not quite sure, but um, we'll see. If it's competitive or not, at least football's back, and that's the best thing we could ask for. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Gus, I really appreciate you coming on to chat about some Ball State Kentucky football this weekend. Uh, you can check you out on Twitter if you want to give out your Twitter or your X handle or <laughs> whatever it's called these days. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just at uh, Gus Martin underscore SP, which for the Star Press, which is I write for. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. I think this was the first podcast uh, as a guest that I've done. So um, I appreciate the, the opportunity. All right, man. Thank you. Right, Have man. a good one.